Good morning, Tuesday, April 21st, uh, 2020, and I just want to jump back in and talk a little bit more about experiencing God like we started off this uh, past week. Um, When I was a kid, my dad uh, had a goal of starting a garden in the backyard, and I remember wanting to spectate, uh, but being actively... uh, drafted into the process of planting, you know, the pear trees, the tomatoes and all that. Um, And I thought that we were just going to go out to the backyard and throw out seeds. Uh, But each day was something different than I expected. Uh, The very first step wasn't to kind of throw out seeds and reap this harvest. Uh, The very first step was to clear out all of the brush, right, to pull up weeds Uh, And so in our convo about experiencing God this week, that's something that we're going to spend our time on this morning. Uh, The week will get progressively more encouraging, um, I think, as we go. But today is about removing roadblocks. And sometimes when we talk about removing uh, roadblocks, it feels more like work. But I want to encourage you that all hard work uh, profits and profits. As we talk about our experience of God, uh, one of the best ways that I've witnessed uh, and seen in my own life of having a true and rich experience with God to taste and see that he's good is through the discipline of prayer. Uh, But being a Christian for over 20 years and pastoring for about 13, I know that prayer is uh, often uh, forsaken, if not just absolutely forgotten and difficult practice. So today, let's spend some time and clear out some of these weeds this morning uh, by getting to the root, right? Prayer is important. You know that it's oxygen for the Christian. You feel it. uh, But the duty of praying often feels more like eating vegetables, right? We know it's good for us. And we even feel guilty that we don't do it as much as we should. But as life gives us, you know, full plates, especially as things change, prayer doesn't seem appealing and it's so often shoved to the side. Uh, And I think sometimes we see the problem of prayerlessness and we're too quick to try to run to a solution. Uh, And one of the things we have to guard is that sometimes uh, we run up to problems and we think that since the problem is obvious that the solution is as well. And then we quickly find out that problems can actually become worse if they're misdiagnosed. Right. Um, Yeah, Richard tore his Achilles uh, five years ago when we were getting ready to start this church. And the first doctor that he went to told him that it was a high ankle sprain. Uh, By the time he got to surgery with, um, I guess, a more reliable doctor, she said uh, this is the worst rupture that she'd ever seen, right? That when it comes to serious issues, you can't just look at the bruise, feel around on the outside and come up with a diagnosis. You've got to look a little deeper. And so I think the best way to get to the heart of our prayerlessness, the best way to identify any problem is to just first start off with uh, what it's not to rule out what's not the problem. And I found that a lack of prayer is rarely about the lack of competence or ability. Yet that tends to be the first thing that we go to, right? What's the solution? Let me learn how to pray, what to pray. Let me read. Uh, And what makes the problem so complex is that it's not 
a how-to problem. It's a why problem. It's a desire. You know how to pray, right? We all know. We could stop right now, close our eyes, bow our head, and pray. Uh, But instead, we've decided to press play either before we pray or in place of it, right? So, So what do you do when you don't want something that you know that you should want? How do you change your desire? Here's what you don't do. You don't look for a how-to manual. You realize you need something more. And since you've already made it through, what, five minutes of this, um, it's a good sign because you haven't turned me off yet. So it means that maybe somewhere inside that uh, you may not want to pray, but you want to want to pray. And the desire for a desire um, is actually a good thing. And so if that's you right now, that's something to be celebrated and to rejoice in. So let me uh, yeah, start off or end our time by closing with three hopefully encouraging encouragements. Um, and the very first one is this. If you find yourself struggling to pray, one, um, you're not the only one. If I've learned anything from my years of using Google as my de facto problem solver, it's this. Uh, you're not the only one to struggle with any problem. You never are, ever. Uh, if you type in struggling to pray in Google, you'll get 30 plus million results. You're not the only one. If you don't desire to pray, you find it hard. You've got plenty of company. Biblically, you've got the disciples. Here are a group of guys who spent three and a half years with Jesus night and day, a group of guys who would eventually become pillars of the church, a group of guys who found themselves struggling to pray on more than one occasion, uh, the highlight or the the low light uh, being on the eve of Christ's death, where he said, man, I'm getting ready to go. I just need y'all to sit here and pray with me. Um, and they all closed their eyes and bowed their heads. Uh, but when Jesus was ready to go, they were snoring, right? So biblically, we have models of prayerlessness or folks that have reached the pinnacle of it personally. Um, I'm with you here in this struggle. I'm speaking uh, not from uh, uh, expertise, but from experience. You're not the only one to um this likely won't be the last time you're he- you'll be here again, right? There's no uh, vaccination to take care of prayerlessness. Not wanting to pray isn't the chicken pox, right? You don't just get it once, fix it, and then you're immune for the rest of your life, right? Prayerlessness isn't so much, hear this, it's not so much about the absence of faith, but prayerlessness is really rooted more in pride, right? And pride is more like the flu. There's different strands that are always evolving and there's no immunity to it this side of eternity. There's a whole host of things that can awaken pride inside of us, right? Adversity can cause you to make your pain, your life's focus to the exclusion of the promises of God. Next to the promises of God, all of our problems are actually small. But 
Um, even a penny can block out the sun if you hold it close enough to your eyes, right? Where, and where seeds of bitterness against God are planted when his light is blocked out, where those seeds of bitterness against God are planted, crops of prayerlessness can sprout up. Adversity can make us not pray. Prosperity can make us not pray because prosperity often makes us forgetful of God and just as prayerless, right? When God blesses us and gives us answered prayer or when God blesses us by providing answers to our non-prayers, it's so easy to take the credit in our eyes off of him. Both problems and prosperity can block out the sun if we hold them too close to our eyes. There's so many things in life that can drain our desire to pray. And what's worse is there's no silver bullet, no vaccination. Pride is going to find its way to rear its head. You can't completely eradicate it, but we can consistently go after it. We can know what to do when it comes back. And I'm hoping this morning uh, will provide the set of motivations to follow when pride comes back. So one, you're not the only one. Two, this won't be the last time. And three, People in worse situations have changed for the better. This is probably more encouraging than the first two, uh, but you can begin to want to pray. There's hope. Remember those disciples? Uh, they went from not wanting to start in the Gospels to not being able to stop in the book of Acts. And what changed? Well, their behavior changed, of course, but why did it change? I think the thing that changed is vision, vision of the risen Lord. And we'll talk about that tomorrow and how the resurrection is the thing that's meant to change our prayer lives. Uh, but today I just want to clear out those seeds of pride. Let's pull up those weeds. And it seems like a daunting task until you actually get started and realize that it doesn't take as long as you think. So just stop right now, wherever you are, Pause. Take a few deep breaths. Think about the things that come to your mind right now. What are those things that are distracting you from praying? What are the tasks that are overwhelming you that just have to get done? And ask yourself, why are they so important to do right now? Why is it so important to accomplish this task right now? Why can't it wait? But God can. What about those problems and things that you're concerned about? The family member with cancer, with COVID. Are those problems too big for a God that can part seas, save people? Are they too big for a God that raises the dead? After those things come to your mind, offer them to God right now. Give them up and experience the peace that comes from being reminded that his shoulders are big enough and strong enough. Today, let anxiety be your divine alarm clock to settle down and pray. 
experience the goodness of God. Taste and see that he's good. I love you.